Previously on the Tony Kornheiser Show. I think I have one of the, the Yeti, you know, drinking... Yeah, the tumblers? Yeah. They, they keep, keep it cold? They'll keep oh. it cold for days. Get out. They did the ratings for these coolers. Yeah. Like, let's say you want to go days? on, a, let's say yeah, you go on a weekend trip in the middle of the summer in the desert. This will keep your ice frozen for up to five days. Like, oh, this sounds like such a great gift for Chan. What a bragging moment for Chan. <laughs> keep it cold for five days. Yeah. Or Get out there penny, on number three two days later and say to the people you're playing with, hey. It tossed me a cold How one. about this? This is General George Washington, and you're listening to the Tony Kornheiser Show. So on the subject of Yeti, mm-hmm. Michael brings over his cup today, his metal cup. Now you're really going behind the curtain. I would say the steel curtain here. <laughs> yes, yeah. I bring over my tumbler. A tumbler, and on top, my on the coffee. top of it is, it says Yeti. It's a clear thing, and it says Yeti. And I said, oh, you you got one of these Yetis? And you said... So, Rob Culpian has produced these Tony Kornheiser Show tumblers, which are still available at uh, shop.tonykornheisershow.com. Uh, at a better price point. Still keeps your drinks very cold, uh, but probably is not rated for that weekend trip. I lost the top, so I went to my local Ace Hardware, and I got this one. So you think you I'm trying to Yeti project. Top. Yes. You think I'm trying yes, to peacock out Yes, it's aspirational, and you're trying to have people say, look at him, he's done so well, he's got a Yeti. It's very it's, it's very on brand, though. Yeah, thanks, Chris. Ve- Status. It, it, well, Chris definitely it, has the soft cooler. Yeah, oh, yeah. We have <laughs> Yeti. Those, of course we have Yeti. I mean, soccer that's, trips. you know, I got to keep up appearances. I mean, it's a private school. Yeah, exactly. You don't, you know, at Potomac, you, where my kids go to school, you don't just bring out any kind of cooler. Yeah. He, you laughed, off, he laughed off the campus. By the way, a lush and green 70 acres campus. That's nice, nice to know. <laughs> Very nice. But not as nice as, as where you went to high school, Loomis Chafee. Not even close. No, yeah, the JV, JV uh, baseball field had a short right field. Very yeah. short. Very Not even fenced. Um, we had a note a few weeks ago about a guy who makes his own wine and wanted to send us wine, and the wine came in. And the brand is called TB. That's right. And it's for Thomas Bramble. And right. our great thanks to Thomas Bramble. I have not yet tried the wine. But I hope it's great, and I wish you all the luck in the world. And we'll be talking about your wine at some point. What are you yes. going to pair it with? Um, whatever comes out of the Yeti cooler that day. The discontinued I think. ice cream. Yeah, chicken McNuggets. <laughs> <laughs> the Dino Nuggets, please. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, delicious. <laughs> um, Two T Rex for me. Got this letter from uh, Leon last night, our pal Leon Harris. Let's see if we can get this. I have to do the face ID. It's on your car phone. Okay, so Flip here's Leon. Leon says, so you got to understand that yesterday in the anniversary, it was a not so happy anniversary to the Cleveland Browns. Oh, the fumble. And it talked about the fumble and it talked about the drive, both things which happened to the Browns. One was of the Browns creation, I would say, when Ernest Biner fumbled. And one was of John Elway's creation when he went 98 yards on the drive, tied the game and won the game later. Leon says, as a matter of habit, I am wont to unwind after a long day with a snack and a moment of erudition. Education and entertainment by two of the best who've ever done it, the hosts of ESPN PTI show. Alas, that was not to be in this particular late early hour. No, I had my beating heart yanked out of my chest like in a Mayan ritual when my guys <laughs> surprised me by giddily replaying and replaying and replaying the drive and the fumble. 35 years later, I still can't watch. Mm. I am glad that Barner went on to bigger and better things in life, so I'm not completely bitter. Leon is from... Ohio. I yes. think Akron identifies with Cleveland. I think he went to Ohio Cleveland. U. Yeah. You know, yes. so I'm sorry. I didn't realize that when we picked that. As yeah. Your words are hurtful. I know. I feel like that. Who's that? That's that Saturday Night Live sketch. Who's that about? <laughs> Is it Stuart Smalley? Something Your words are hurtful. Like Something terrible. As, I, I'm glad Chris is here because I, I want to talk. I want to talk about the, the potential sale of the Washington football team in a second. Oh, I should also mention this. Nadal, Rafael Nadal, the defending champion at the Australian Open, and Nigel loves tennis, so he cares about this more than the rest of us. (laughs) He went out to an American whose name I don't even know. I've never heard of him. Old McDonald. Yeah, Mackenzie McDonald. I don't know who he is. At a farm? Don't know who he is. Big Mac. Mackenzie McDonald. Secret Not like Maverick McNeely. Everybody's (laughs) naming their kids like that. Okay. (laughs) Nadal went out in the second round. He was the defending champion. Let's understand something, people. He's 40 years old, basically. His body has collapsed. It started collapsing four and five years ago. It's a miracle he's gotten to this point in recent years. He's got, 
when he goes out, he goes out with tortured muscles. Yes. I, it's He can't the, stop. He can't play. And that's not even his good surface. He can't play. The anymore. way that he plays to all those years, just so gr- grinding out point yeah. after point after point, it just takes a toll. Well, so apparently he, he damaged. He hurt, hurt himself in the back. Yeah, his hip was, was not right. And Nothing he, is right. Did his abdomen ever fully recover last year? I think it did. But yeah, I, I agree with everything you're saying. But I will say this about him. Give him credit. He said, because somebody, I think, asked him, said, well, did you think about just stopping playing? And he's like, I'm the defending champion. No, he doesn't do that. I'm the defending champion. I'm going to be out here. I'm going to give you everything I've got. And that's he's he's great. Yeah, he's totally honorable. Yes. yes. Totally honorable as opposed to Djokovic, who's <laughs> a some... weasel. Still not vaccinated. Nadal is totally honorable, but he Are you can't watch that play anymore. Point? He can't play anymore. No, it's, it's he's not even. I don't think he's went, a threat in the French. I don't. Oh, I, I, I don't. He went, if he's he, healthy, he did win two grand slams, but healthy. he's not going to be healthy. It's he, like saying if Strasburg is healthy, he's a dominant pitcher. I, I think when he played, when he did that doubles <laughs> yes. with Federer, it, it, he probably recognized the symbolism as to what that meant for him as well. Yes, and he just became a father, so I think there's a lot going on with him where he, where I could see him stepping away sooner rather than later. And he went sightseeing in D.C. When did, he, yeah, he and he, he played golf at Columbia. Yeah. And everybody liked him. Right, everybody, everybody yeah, liked him. scratch. Totally yeah. honorable. He's a good player. With that swing? <laughs> That's, yeah. I get not surprised, though, based on the way he hits tennis ball. <laughs> okay. So I told you the FedEx. This is the FedEx story. This is the oh, final the, of the FedEx story. Attempted Russell. delivery. The attempted delivery. The chatter delivery. The chatter delivery. Yes. And I called them a number of times, and I got very angry at FedEx. Well, apparently there's a happy ending. Apparently the person who sent... What are you looking at? No, nothing. Nothing. Apparently the person... Is this pers- going to be your apology to FedEx? Yeah, I was wondering. <laughs> well... Mia culpa? Yes. Well, I don't know. Hmm. I don't know. I don't think no. I'm wrong in what I said. I'm saying that it has worked out, and I'm going to give FedEx credit. If the way I interpret this story is true, I will give FedEx credit. They did not deliver anything to me, even though they called me and I told them where... Delivered. Even though it was not addressed to you. Right. They didn't, they didn't sure. do that. It went to chatter. But it was sent by Thomas Mosser in Pittsburgh, Pennsylvania. And apparently he got it back. And he writes this. Huh. Recently, I was sitting in my car here in Pittsburgh outside of my art studio, listening to the podcast and feeling really sad. My 12-year-old golden retriever, Lucas, had passed away in my arms and three inches of snow in the little front lawn of my fiance's home the night before he loved snow. He had cancer. It was awful. It was beautiful. So I am numb and reliving the moment when I hear my... When I heard my ear-popping rendition of the Tony's mailbag jingle, and I let out a ha and laughed so hard, <coughs> the switch <coughs> excuse me, from melancholy to hilarity was so impactful. Since he was eight weeks old, it was bring your dog to work day, every day with Lucas in my studio. Literally all of my paintings have Lucas's hair on them. I listen to the podcast almost daily while creating. It's appropriate since I create a lot of sports-related work. Anytime we would hear Chessy bark in the background, his ears would perk up and he would go to the window. I do mean every time. Lucas was not just a dog. In 2013, Lucas inspired a little 30 by 40 inch painting that I created just for the fun of it called a golden retriever at the museum. It depicts a seated golden retriever from behind looking up at a painting of a floating tennis ball with a black background in an implied museum setting. It changed my life. The little painting went viral in the spring of that year. Walmart Publishing produced 100 limited edition prints of that piece, and we offered to donate $100 for every print that we sold to Animal Humane Rescue of Pittsburgh. I thought we'd sell five or six a year. We sold out in five weeks to dog lovers all over the world. We cut a check for $10,000 to the organization. The subsequent follow-up paintings and prints have raised over $43,000 and counting for a variety of organizations, including $8,100 to the Greater Pittsburgh Community Food Bank during COVID in the summer of 2020. I made money, too. Lucas got all the treats he wanted. I recorded my haunting rendition of Tony's mailbag jingle in the front seat of my car. I think if you listen closely, you might be able to hear Lucas panting from the back seat. (laughs) He was used to me belting out tunes. I've included a 30 by 40 embellished canvas print of the piece for you. I know how much you love tennis. I painted blue and orange stripes of the dog collar to represent your love for the Knicks. The green and white stripes symbolize your love of Binghamton University. I hope you enjoy it and thank you. Your podcast gives me great joy. Mm. You want to talk about it? Because it's sitting behind me now. It's fabulous. It's pretty great. Yes. It's fabulous. (laughs) It really is. It is just fabulous. I assume this is what was sent. And I assume... Have you talked to him? I have not. I have not talked to him, but I'm. I'm assuming I, as you are. Should I assume that it went back to him? If indeed this happened, right. I am grateful to FedEx. If this is an entirely different story, 
and he sent me something still different than I hate FedEx with the heat of a thousand suns. <laughs> so it, it went back <laughs> to the and, then, and then came back I don't here. know. Yes. That's what I'm hoping. That's, that's it, what but it was, it was delivered here. Yes. Got it. Yes. So eventually. Lovely. Eventually. It's, it's a piece of art. It, it represents beautiful. all of us. Yes. It's beautiful. Yes. It really is. It's Pretty cool. Beautiful. I'm very We were Chess, all the golden retriever. Yeah. Chessie upset <laughs> that it's a golden retriever in the, in the, yeah. the picture, but you know. Um, Wrong breed. So Chris is here. So I get to ask this. And it's not even, I'm not even really asking it. I, I'm not even really asking it. You, you can't sit on one side of the aisle and scream about Donald Trump and classified information mm-hmm. in a box at Mar-a-Lago and not go, whoa, whoa, this guy just did the same thing. He did the same thing, in it, as we all would in our garage, as we all would if we had a garage, but it's the same thing. It, so, qualitatively okay so what i would say is yes in the broadest sense it's the same thing he found he had classified documents that he should, that he shouldn't have had but team, team around. response not it, the same thing. including in his uh in his wilmington garage as he pointed out next to his corvette i was like that's not a great quote for you but no Next to my Lamborghini. By the way, have you seen the new Corvette? Well, he keeps the Corvette. Have you seen the brand new electric new Corvette? No. Electric. It's from space. It's from (laughs) space. It's so cool looking. So anyway, I would say broadly speaking, you're right. They both retain classified documents. I would say the manner and breadth of them are different. Uh, Somebody made a good comparison. They said, "But is that?" I fear that may be my computer dinging. It's a new no, computer. No, I think it's my phone. Oh, okay. Yeah. I think I'm getting messages. Um, my cousin Shelly. Uh, <laughs> I think that Shelly Green? If you, think, if you think... It was Marilyn before. Marilyn Coffee before. My no. cousin's. Oh, okay. Yeah. If you think of it as uh, Biden walked out of a store with a few classified documents, realized he had them, and, report, and said, I'm sorry, I accidentally took these from your store. Okay? Trump... When he got the classified documents, sort of when they were like, sir, you have the classified documents, ran down the road. You know what I mean? Like the response to it is different. Okay. But. Okay. But but they both. I mean, I think for Biden, it takes a huge issue off the table. Sure. I I mean. Sure. What if they run against each other? Right. You also had the classified documents. And not only that, you, like Trump, Trump have a special He's not answering questions about it. No. And. So, I mean, how is it different? They found out two months ago that he had them and didn't report it publicly until this past week. And even in this past week had like three different stories about because initially it was like we it's found a few documents bad, it's it's cosmetically it's, it's every yes. bit as Agreed. bad Agreed. Yeah. the optics yeah, that, yeah. It, it does not oh come on i can't do oh this yeah now. okay that's your okay. ringtone yeah it's like a, <laughs> a crazy old person yeah. wandering around in a mall i just wish you had turned it up you know i can't do this so now. i it is. It's it, Nancy Bubis. I mean, I, oh. I can't answer it now. I don't Nancy. Answer that. Yeah. 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 So. Um, it is not good. Uh, it, no. it looks really bad. And now, and again, there's a special counsel, just like there is for the Trump classified documents. There's a special counsel looking into it. So it's not going away anytime soon. Um, I have I have not deliberately mentioned the Dallas Tampa Bay game because it stunk. It's like it you was know, awful. It was on Monday night, Boring. and we weren't on Tuesday. It was a lousy game. It's not surprising at all. Tampa Bay's not a good team. Let, let me just give you two statistics on Tampa Bay. They won less than half of their games last year. They won eight games this year. Eight games. Four of them were in their rancid division. The worst division in football. They beat two teams that finished the year with a winning record. And one of those wins was 19 weeks ago. <laughs> They're yeah. a bad team. If yeah. you thought... If they were within 10 in the last quarter, they could have won. Yeah, they still because Brady. Tom Brady still knows how to play in the fourth quarter. But he doesn't know how to play in any of the other quarters anymore. They're awful. And that was a bad game. And Dallas is a good team. And, you know, Dak Prescott's got all these interceptions. Yes, that's true. It's also true that for three or four years, he was good enough that they gave him $100 billion. He's a top 10 quarterback. He's not some guy on the street. At Dak Prescott's best, he's a top six quarterback in the league. The most exciting part of the game was in the first half after the touchdowns. Just yeah, to see the best. Peyton Manning get increasingly angrier. Yep. Why are we kicking? 
Four missed extra points. I thought he would call him the liquored up kicker like he called his own kicker. <laughs> Four. That that guy, there's no way that guy How makes the trip to San Francisco. Well, he's not he's not gonna be. He can't you no. cannot trust him. No. Four. So the best thing Peyton and Eli do, uh, they start riffing on when he's on the sideline, they show him they're like, Well, there's the assistant coach coming up to give him the pep talk. And, <laughs> yeah. I mean Maher, I think his name Brett is. Brett Maher. He's he's what did I say on TV? The only way they should bring him to San Francisco is if they put him on at halftime in a contest. He's <laughs> no good. Right. Let's take a break. We have Chuck Todd when we return. Yes. I'm Tony Kornheiser. Check out our new NBA show, Beyond the Arc, part of the CBS Sports Podcast Network, where you can find me, John Gonzalez, NBA insider Bill Ryder, and Ashley Nicole Moss, five days a week talking all things NBA. Whether you're looking for insightful discussions, upbeat commentary, breaking news, interviews or coverage of all the biggest stories in the nba our new show is the place to be five days a week download and follow beyond the arc on apple podcasts spotify and wherever you get your favorite podcasts you're listening to the tony kornheiser show this is a woman named vienna tang this is sent to us by michael granberry from the dallas morning news we're going to have on this show when football season ends to talk about his new book, all the stuff that he's sent us. He says, I hope you're doing great. Here are a couple of songs from one of my favorite artists, Vienna Tang. She's amazing. Once appeared on Late Night with David Letterman. I've attached two songs, which despite being featured on, by the University of Michigan on his football telecast during the 2022 season, actually written several years ago as a rallying cry for Vienna's current passion and occupation, fighting climate change. Also, kudos for having Lenny Bernstein on the show. Listen to this. One of my best friends from my days at the LA Times, where Lenny and I worked for years. In fact, he hosted my going away party when I left the Times, voluntarily I feel compelled to add, in 1997 to return home to Texas. A truly great guy. This is Vienna Tang. This is called Nothing Without You. Do you think she's good? <laughs> she's all right. I mean, yeah. You think she's good? I just, there's... It, it's amazing. There are so many talented people who, I, at least I haven't heard of, you know, it, it's amazing to me that there's that much musical talent wow. as someone who can't do any of it. This is called Nothing Without You. It plays in Chuck Todd. Chuck had the best week of all last week. Two guys were three and three. A monkey was one and two. And Chuck was four and two. He has surpassed Mount 500. He is 65, 64 and two thanks to Dallas. He had the last game right. How about them, Cowboys? There are seven games left and you got to win three. You gotta win like three the, to avoid losing. Like the AFC South or the NFC South of game pickers here. Yeah, well, just crawling over five hundred. Such a rancid division, the NFC. By South. By the way, I love the guy from the Dallas Morning News had to add. How sad is our business in media? And it's like I, I left voluntarily. By the way. Yeah. Yeah, I well, mean it's it's sadly true. There's so many buyouts and layoffs and yeah, same. And Wait. this and that. Well, I I, I wrote no, you last is, night. That's our video. You were asking about Kerry Sanders. Kerry right? Sanders I mean, retired, and I thought right. I've I've not look. I'm not going to say that Kerry Sanders it has tremendous gr- gravity because of the assignments that they give him. But I've really enjoyed his work for years and years and years, and it seems he's enjoyed it too. And I was very surprised to see him leaving. Yeah, I, I uh, I'm. A lot of us are pretty bummed, but he's he's happy and good you know, for him. He had a great gig, and he still is, you know, and he has a great retirement. He had that. the Florida thing. Uh, I mean, you know, and I grew, you know, when I was in when I was in high school, he was local, so I kind of knew him. I kind of grew up with him. He was sort of just starting, you know. He's not about ten, fifteen years older than I am, but he was like he was just starting. And you know, back then, if you were in Miami, local, it also meant you got to cover. The Nicaraguan Contras, you got, it was a great assignment. It was, you know, like why the Miami Herald was such a feeder for the Washington Post for a long time, because it was a serious beat that you had down there. It was a, you got to do some international stuff. I liked him. I I, I don't want to put it in the past tense. I'm going to let him know. I like him very much. I do. I like him very much. He'll be tickled to hear that. Let's get to the games. We're down to four and the lines are a little bit larger than I thought in a couple of cases. Mm -hmm. That I'll get to. Certainly the Cincinnati line is larger than I thought, but maybe that's a function of them not having an offensive line. But we'll start with Jacksonville at Kansas City. Jacksonville is plus eight and a half. Kansas City doesn't cover all that much. They do not. But Jacksonville is also not as good as Kansas City, and these are the playoffs. Will you take the eight and a half or no? Well, I'm really tempted by that number because there are two teams that if they lose, they're not going to be, their fan bases are not going to go crazy. 
and it's the Giants and Jackson. That's right. Everybody else will be disappointed if they don't get to the next round, at least. Right? Every other fan base will be disappointed. So what does that mean? Jacksonville's playing with nothing to lose. That's right. right. You're going to see crazy. I and and you know he's already you know he's a pretty innovative coach. Oh yeah, he is. Um, so I just kind of think that they're just never they're always going to hang around. And eight and a half feels like a lot of points. Throw in the factor you made, which is it doesn't matter who Kansas City plays. You know, if they, they were cover. favored by fifty, they'd get forty-eight. If they were favored by three, they'd win by two. Right? Like, yes. So I, I, all those reasons, the only thing I'm concerned about is I don't believe Jacksonville can win, and sometimes you don't know if you want to take an underdog. But I, 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 uh, I'm going I'm to take Jacksonville on those points. Even if I tell you that Andy Reid coming out of a bye is like 10,002. I'm aware. Okay. I'm aware, but, okay. but, you know, he's also Andy Reid in the playoffs before That's he won right. the Super Bowl. That's there right. was this whole stigma. That's right. Remember? He only got to so, one Super Bowl in Philadelphia. Lost yeah, it. So, Didn't get there. You know, everything, you know, everything okay. uh, matters until it doesn't. Here is the – I like that. You should put that on a doily. Everything <laughs> right? matters until it doesn't. Uh, here's the other team you talked about. Yes, the New York Giants fan base is thrilled. They were 4-13 and 13 last year, and they have won a playoff game. They go to Philadelphia, a team they play twice a year, and they're getting seven and a half. and you don't know if Jalen Hurts is 100% healthy. Who you got? Seven and a half? Seven and a half. Seems like a lot, doesn't Boy, it? I have not. I've, I've been distracted by the seven and a half. I feel well, like it's a hurry up. And, that's what Nigel says. Yes. Hurry up and bet it before it goes down. Um, give me the Giants and, and that. Again, same reason. Like, they, in, you know, Dayball's the type of coach that's he will game plan for the game, right, for the team he's playing and try some things. Um, yes. Yeah, I don't. I don't. Again, it's the teams with nothing to lose, right? And and Philly's going to be playing tight um, because so much pressure on them. I mean, and look, I think they got a bad draw here. I mean, if you're Philly, the you don't want a division team. You do the not. Giants you in don't. the second round. That's Absolutely. right. Now, Daniel Jones could revert to the Daniel Jones of two years ago. He mm-hmm. could stink the joint out, and they could lose. The Giants are not going to win forty to two. Philadelphia no. could. Philadelphia is the team that could win big in this. So but Daniel, yeah. Daniel well, Jones was probably the best player of what? What did they call it? Super Last wild card, week. and weekend. that could be it. For I him, mean, though. but that, but that may it. be the, that That's may be it. his as top. As much as we mock the NFL for the super this and the super that, they know what they're doing. They, it was they pretty did a good great job last weekend. Yeah. That was a pretty great lineup. They had the the weekend games, not counting the Monday night game. Every game was but great. Even having that Monday night game, like the fact yes. that it was there, kind yes. of comforting. Yeah. All right. Um, Cincinnati is at Buffalo. Uh, Cincinnati's getting five. That's an awful lot of points to get five. Buffalo struggled last week. Five points is a lot unless you feel that that offensive line yeah. is stripped down to such a degree that Joe Burrow cannot function in the way that he should. Will you take the five? Yeah, I, I'm, I'm getting nervous here. I'm not going to. Because you don't take all the road the teams? Store. I'm a little nervous about taking all these road teams. Yes, you um, should be. But um, especially in the second round of the playoffs. Um, but five points, it's the same thing. Like, this feels like a field goal game. And, I, I you know, Cincinnati looked like they were going to have their way with Buffalo before that game They were ahead. Stopped. Yes. They, they, they weren't just ahead. They were moving. They had they moved up and down the field pretty easily. And Skylar Thompson, that's the quarterback's name that, that – uh, Almost beat Buffalo, right? Yes, Miami. Right, and he's not Joe Burrow, and he didn't win a Heisman Trophy, right? All right, let I, me throw I, one thing at you, though. Yeah, this is a rematch of a game where Demar Hamlin went out, and the game was called. And if ever Buffalo gonna was going to be psyched to the moon, this would be it. Mm-hmm. You know, well, he's going to be there. Well, because this is their last home game. Yeah, no matter what the playoffs. That's because right. Of this well, unless Kansas City split. loses, unless Kansas City oh, loses. Oh, that's true. That's yeah. true. There is that that possibility, but more than likely. If you're planning your Demar Hamlin appearance, this is it, and getting that DM, um, man, this really is probably a stay away with real money. But yeah. I'm gonna, I, I'm a, I feel like Joe Burrow's gonna be the next Tom Brady, which is don't bet against Joe Burrow. Huh. If Joe Burrow is getting points, you have I, now taken those, three road teams know, and three you're underdogs. You're gonna lecture me. You're going down the drain. All right, one more. <laughs> well, I gotta give. Look, it's not fair to Jeff Ma. 
It's not fair. He's the expert. <laughs> yeah. he can't Throw lose him a bone. Good of you. You can't lose to some hack journalist two weeks in a row. Come yeah, on. what did you tell me the other day? You might be able to beat him in this, but you wouldn't play blackjack with him. <laughs> no way. <laughs> He's going to beat you in that. Smart, right. yes. Dallas, last game. Dallas, no surprise that Dallas won. Tampa Bay's a bad team. Dallas plus three and a half at San Francisco. San Francisco has won 11 in a row, kids. Uh, since they got Christian McCaffrey in the second game that he played. In the first game, he didn't even know the plays. In the second game he played, they have not lost since. And they, they were convincing in the second half last mm-hmm. week. They, they were. You're going to take the three, three and a half. I, I, I would go San Francisco. That's me. I, I have t- I, I, it feels, San Francisco feels so obvious. I'm trying to figure out, what does the game look like that Dallas wins? Um. I, I guess they run. I don't know how you run on the San Francisco defense. Right. I don't. I don't know. So I, to me, That's San Francisco That Purdy has to throw like four picks. Yes, right? Purdy like has, has to be, be a terrible. Purdy meltdown. He has to be terrible. Yes. But was Shanahan even allow that? Like, if he knows Purdy's not doing so high, well, all right. Well, what's he going to do? Sign Tom Brady and put him in? No, but he he just he he was careful. Just you know, dump off to McCaffrey. He got. Kyle Shanahan got to the Super Bowl in an NFC Championship game that he permitted his quarterback to throw eight times. Eight. <laughs> Jimmy G, eight. That's Thank the you. thing. It doesn't seem like he would allow You're right. a Trevor Lawrence situation, right? right like right. four picks or something like that. He just wouldn't allow it to right. happen. So that's the struggle I have. I feel like the most obvious game in San Francisco, which, of course, Me too. is, is uh, somehow, um, somehow we might pay for that, uh, Dan. But give me San Francisco. <laughs> Seven games left. If you go down the drain here, I'm going to be very. It's upset. tough. I know. I can't. I can't. I got at least. I got at least tread water here. Yeah, I got, got to at do least that. Tread water. All right. Thank you. These are some big lines. See Good luck, Chuck Todd, boys and girls. If we just gave you Chuck Todd, be more than enough because he hosts Meet the Press. We give you more than Chuck Todd. We give you a monkey. See the monkey, he's scritch, scritch, scratching, watching his iPad, smoking and laughing, hanging with Bud Grant, tap, tap, tapping on his purple Everybody sing along on the course. Nigel's going to the zoo, zoo, zoo. Reginald's got the bite, spike too. Sometimes he throws poo, poo, poo. When he's had too much Johnny Walker blues. So the monkey was one and two last week, but he's 32, 24 and one, and he cannot have a losing season. Right. He cannot, because there's only seven games left. Is he going to pick all the games or just his normal? Three. He's going to pick all the games. Okay. In for a penny, in for a pound. That's Reginald. Um, he's feeling confident. Yes. Well, he's I mean, a confident and, monkey. And, and he's right to. Yeah. He's eight games over 500. Not a good week for him, but I went down to the National Zoo, and it was a very busy scene down there for him. Uh, I don't know if I'd mentioned this before. He's training to uh, scale Mount Everest. Is he? Had I mentioned that? So he was there with his team. Into thin air, baby. Lenny Sakata, John Mellencamp, Martina <laughs> Hingis, and Kevin Hart. They're all going to do this together as a team, and I'm going to scale Snowshoe which is, I believe, in this area. West Virginia. Yes, as a sort of a test run. Once it's they do that, very similar. The, where they feel they'll be completely ready for Everest at that point. The Swiss Miss. Martina, Martina Hingis. Hingis. Yes. And Kevin Hart. Kevin Hart, yes. Interesting. Yes. An well, interesting grouping. Well, <clears throat> he, he hangs out with a lot of interesting people. Yeah, interesting. Does Reginald. Uh, so he took a break from the training, <laughs> and the first match we gave him was, um, and Kevin Hart doing all those gambling ads now. Yes. I'm sure that they Draft were conf- yeah, conferring with yes. all of this. Um, the first match we gave him was uh, Kansas City giving eight and a half, Showed me a, a picture of him at a picnic with UL Washington, George Brett, and Len Dawson. This is some time ago. There you go. Tells me he's got ties to Kansas City. Kansas He'll City. Chiefs. UL Washington. Now, the next match again was... Base Steeler. So good. <laughs> yes, it was UL. Always good. with the tooth thick in his mouth, yeah. right? Yes. Uh, Philadelphia giving seven and a half uh, to the Giants. And uh, Reginald, again, a nice photograph of him sailing on a catamaran with Greg Lazinski, Andrew Tony, and Harold Carmichael. That go. tells me he Philly. likes Philadelphia. He's going Philly. Now, the next one we gave was the, Phil- the Bills at home giving five. Uh, and this was actually fairly recent. Uh, it was a-, a picture of him playing canasta with Marv Levy, Phil's mom, and Dominic Hasek. <laughs> so, I mean, when you think of The Buffalo, Dominator. Right, exactly. So he'll take the Bills. He's going all home. Going all home. And I believe he's going to stay with that. And this yeah. is really going with Chuck Todd, but showed me a picture of him in studio with Eric Burden a playing, apparently playing bass for San Francisco Knights. Is that right? Which is a terrible song. A long-haired, leaping gnome. <laughs> right. Eric Burden. Ruined his whole career yes. when he went solo. Yes, Should have stayed with the animals. The animals I know. were great. It was great with him. It was great. But that tells me to take San Francisco. He's going all home. All home. I got to tell you, I think I might too. <laughs> I, I think I might. Yeah. I mean, Chuck Todd. I like the Giants. Seven and a you half. You do like the Giants? Yeah, I think that's tasty. All right.
We'll see. I will take a break. Uh, Booger McFarlane, when we return, I'm Tony Kornheiser. You're listening to The Tony Kornheiser Show. The Tony Kornheiser Show. Once again, as sent to us by Michael Granberry from the Dallas Morning News, this is Vienna Tang. This is a song called Level Up. I don't even know why we do the show. I mean, I don't know just why. Just play the music. I don't know why you'd listen to us. It's just amazing. Go to the end of the show and listen to this woman. Simply spectacular. Plays in Booger McFarlane. Booger um, is a regular on PTI on Wednesdays and always wears a different golf shirt. So it's sort of bankrupting him to have to be on the show because <laughs> he's got to spend all this money on golf shirts for me to identify, uh, which I appreciate very much. I'm going to ask you a couple of questions of a normal nature, and then we're going to go into the area that I really care about. And the first one, just because it's important that people get a sense of this, of the six games, did anyone in particular surprise you? I think the Dallas at Tampa game was really a surprise. Uh, not the fact that Dallas won, Tony. The fact that how they dominated. Yeah. Because both both teams came in really inconsistent. Dak was coming off one of the worst games of his career. There were so many questions. Tom, uh, obviously the questions have been there all season long. I just thought the game would be a little bit more competitive. I know our network did. Yes. And you know, for Dallas to come out, and dominate that game really from like the, the second or third drive to the finish was really the most surprising thing. I, I thought it was a really good weekend of football. Uh, a little surprised by how close Buffalo played against the third-string quarterback in Skylar Thompson. Um, not surprised that the Chargers blew a lead just because I, I don't think Brandon Staley's a really good coach. I think that they have been playing with house money all season long. I think the fact that they're – uh, they have one of the more talented quarterbacks in football, but they're underachieving. Just speaks to how uh, of a poor job that Staley is doing there. I uh, thought he would get fired. He didn't. Uh, he was able to finagle a way where he can get rid of the OC and the quarterback coach but keep his job. But overall, as I said, the biggest surprise was the fact that Dallas, in the biggest game of the weekend, came to Tampa and really blow, blew out the yeah. Buccaneers. Yeah, five of the six games were great, and you were at the stinker. And, you know, what can, what can you do? Those things happen. Just in terms of uh, the changes that were made with the charges, it's just my comment, it's the defense that killed them. They just fired two offensive guys. They gave up 31 points on defense when they were down 20, up 27 nothing. Right, I'm going to move on. I'm going to move on. Because you were at the Dallas game. You saw Tom Brady. You've watched Tom Brady his entire career. He probably played against him. When you look at Tom Brady now, right now, what do you see? I see a quarterback that is dependent upon a certain style of play, but his team can't provide that style. Tom has always been a play-action quarterback, and in order to have play-action, you've got to run the football. Well, the Bucks can't run the football. Yeah. So they're asking Tom Brady to drop back. Tony, he threw it 66, 66 times every night. Yeah. Like, like, that's amazing, 66 times. They, have, they don't even try to run the football, which is why I think the offensive coordinator, Byron Leftwich, it was is coming under fire. But as far as Tom is concerned, can Tom, can Tom still play? Yes, he can still play. But he has to have a good offensive line. He has to have a running game. He has to be able to do the play action and take some of the pressure off of him. Now, the key would be, does Tom want to play? Because now that the season's over, Tom's got to figure it out. Tom's got a, a couple of kids uh, reportedly living in Miami, one living in New York. His hometown is in San Francisco. His former OC's in Vegas. Like, does Tom really want to spread his life around the United States of America like that? I don't know. To me, that's the biggest question. But as far as his ability, does he still have the ability to make the throws? I do think he can still play. So we had Steve Young on last week, and he had done a podcast with Tom Brady. And we asked him about Tom Brady, and he said the reason he's out there is because he can still rip it. I mean, Steve Young's a Hall of Fame quarterback. If he says that, then Tom Brady has an arm that you're not going to question. But Steve Young also did a piece, and I don't know if you saw it, Booger. It was a tape piece that they ran before the game about retirement with pictures of Peyton Manning crying at his retirement ceremony, 
John Elway crying at his mm-hmm. retirement ceremony, Troy Aikman crying at his retirement ceremony, and Steve Young, who knows a word from another word, compared retirement to death. To death. How did you feel when you retired? Why did you retire? Well, uh, I retired, Tony, because the, the game uh, had become a point where, A, it was taking a toll on my body, number one, and B, I could no longer justify putting in the work and the toll for the amount of money that I was going to make that last year. Um, football was always a means to an end for me. I enjoyed the game. I didn't love it. Um, I love what I'm doing now. Now, again, I played nine years and won two rings, and I was never like head over heels in love with the game. I was good at it because I was a really good athlete. I enjoyed it. I enjoyed the brotherhood. I enjoyed the camaraderie. Um, I don't know if that's the case for most players. That's just for me. Now, when it comes to guys like Tom Brady and, and Brett Favre and these quarterbacks that play 15, 20, 22 years or whatever the number is, like they generally love the game. Like think about this, Tony. Tom Brady sacrificed everything this year yes, he did. to come back and play football to lose in the wild card round. Like, how much do you have to love the game that you're willing to walk away from your family? How much do you have to love the game that you're willing to walk away from a job that's paying you $37.5 million a year? He just said, you know what? I'm not doing that now. I'm going back to play football. It's you got to be in, in, in serious love with that. And so I don't know how hard – it was for a lot of people to let go, but you can tell based on the things that I just said, it's going to be extremely hard for him to let go. Do you think there's a time frame that you play X amount of years and you cross that threshold, you cross the river sticks, and you can't let it go? You just regret letting it go and you have to keep going. Do you think there's something like that or is it just quarterbacks? I think Obviously, the position of quarterback lends itself to that because they don't get hit or the physical toll is not near as much it is as it is on other players. But I, I do think it's, it's that leadership position. The, it's the CEO-type position because you're running the entire organization. There's a certain power that the quarterback position uh, takes on. And I think the people in that position don't want to relinquish that power. Uh, so you could almost say it's kind of a power play yeah. because you want to stay in power. You want to be running the, the, the show. You want to touch the ball every single play. And because you can, you will. I don't think it has anything to do with money. I, I think it's more power now that I think about it. So when you walked away, as you told us, you had had enough. Um, you know, you made the calculation <laughs> that it wasn't worth the money wasn't worth your time at that point, And you had something else you wanted to do. But in the immediate year or two, after you retired, in the immediate six months to 10 months. What filled your time? Because athletes are on a schedule from the time they're in fourth grade. You know what you're going to do in September and October and November. You know where you're going to be. Everybody knows this stuff. That's the safety of sports. It takes over your calendar. What filled your time, Booger? Um, idle time, Tony, because... Um, there are those moments where you wake up and you're used to getting up, getting in the car, going to work, but those moments are not there. So you have idle time to reflect and figure out kind of what you want to do. Uh, I was a big golfer, so I played a lot of golf. Um, I, I, I was dating my wife at the time, uh, my girl, girlfriend at the time, so now it's time to move on with that and get my family going. So, right. uh, you know, got married, started a family, played a lot of golf, and even after all of that, uh, that only took up about three years. Next thing you know, it's like, okay, now what am I going to do? And so that's when I got into doing local radio. And filling those uh, three to four hours a day with afternoon drive allowed me to reconnect with sports and talk a lot of different sports. And, and that led to where I am now throughout my uh, broadcasting career. But to your point, initially, regardless of what you do, you're going to have idle time because nothing is going to be as time-consuming as football with the training and the preparation and going to work every single day. So you're going to have idle time. What you do with that idle time is going to ultimately determine your mindset and how you go about the rest of your life. I took that time to reflect and to figure out what it is that I wanted to do and where I wanted to go in life. And as I said, for me, it was starting a family, getting married, moving forward, uh, and, and that kind of led to me slowly over the next two or three years 
figuring it out, uh, putting that plan in place, getting married, et cetera, et cetera. But no matter who you are, no matter what job you take, you're still going to have idle time that you have to deal with and you have to plan and you have to make sure that you use it wisely because if you don't, it'll drive you crazy. You're an athlete your whole life. You got paid to be an athlete. As I said, you knew what your schedule would be from year to year. You, you knew all athletes, all coaches, all people know this. In that period of time, what did you learn about yourself? Um, probably that my, um, my communication skills needed to, needed to improve just because I've been communicating football intellect and football language uh, from the time that I was 13 until 30 years old. And that's a little different than normal, regular society every single day. That's number one. Number two, I was behind. My graduating class at LSU graduated in 1999, Tony, and they moved on to do whatever it is that they wanted to do in life. I went to play football. So for nine years of my life, I was behind the real world. Yeah, I made a lot of money. Yeah, I got one rings and I had a lot of fame. But as far as me living day to day in a normal society, I was behind. So I had catch up to do. And and, And I think lastly, I think the biggest thing I learned, Tony, was uh, I had to reflect upon um, how I grew up and how I got to the point where I am, and now I had to decide who I wanted to be going forward because I was always known as Booger the football player. Well, that guy was dying, and he was, he, he was, he was going to be buried. He was moving on. So now who am I going to be moving forward? Um, I had to decide that, and, and all those things are kind of scary because you like you never really know what to expect. Like I, I, I never like went on a uh, an audition or, or or done a quote unquote interview or whatever. Like all these things that my graduating class from LSU had already been there and done that. I had never done any of those things. So it's a little scary when you're trying to acclimate yourself into quote unquote normal society. But that's what I had to do because guess what? No longer was I going to be able to have a schedule that was provided for me. I yeah. had to make my own schedule, and so like those things are, those things are different. But uh, if you have a a, a mindset of, of mental strength, a mindset of mental fortitude, you can navigate those things. But I'm sure, I'm, I'm sure also you consider yourself very fortunate to have this second career. I remember sitting in the booth with Jaws a number of times, and both of us looked at each other and thought we were the luckiest people <laughs> on earth, the lucky. And not he didn't feel he was lucky to be a football player. I mean, he, that's what he did. He was a great athlete. You were a great athlete. But it was the second career where we felt, God, I'm lucky. I feel the same way. I mean, to end up in television, and just, it's not what I planned. You must feel fortune, right? That, that, you, that it's fortunate that you're in this position now. Very fortunate, Tony. Number one, that I, that I have um, my health where I'm able to do pretty much anything I want to do besides go run the hundred meter dash right now. I, I can pretty much I can pretty much do anything that I want to do. So very fortunate when it comes to that. Also very fortunate from a cognitive standpoint that um, you know, I, I banged heads every play. Like I didn't play quarterback. I played right. defensive line where we hit every single play. And from a cognitive standpoint, uh knock on wood, man, things are good. Like I I'm still I think I'm still pretty sharp. I'm still able to recall and and, and function on a daily basis. So yeah, I'm very fortunate, man. And on top of that I'm able to allow what the game of football did for me and taught me to use that every single day. Tony, I believe football is the greatest teacher of life we have in America. Not that it's not that other sports aren't, but here's the difference between other sports. Football is a collision sport. Okay. Yeah. Hockey, they play at a high rate of speed, but there are some hits in hockey. There are hits on every football play. So you have a collision sport that you play that it teaches you mental toughness, it teaches you all the lessons, how to, get up, how, to, how to get back up when you fall down, how to persevere, how to deal with all the elements. Like I think there's so many lessons that if you watch football players, the ones that are successful, it's a reason they're successful at a very high level because the game hardens you, not just physically, the game hardens you mentally. And those are the things that I take from it. And if you ask me, hey, you want to do it over again, I'd do it twice just because I, I think it's made me who I am today. What a pleasure to talk with you. We'll see you later this afternoon. Thanks, Book. Anytime, Tony. Y'all have a good one. Booger McFarland, boys and girls. We'll take a break. We will come back with email and jingle. I'm Tony Kornheiser. 
You're listening to the Tony Kornheiser Show. Here comes Tony's mailbag, going to read some faxes and your notes. Here comes Tony's mailbag, going to read some for all your folks. <laughs> going to read some for all you have <laughs> and that is Tom Mosser, who sent us this wonderful painting that he does uh, yes. of his dog looking at a tennis ball. <laughs> you know, he can paint better than he sings. That actually makes him. me laugh. Thanks, love Tom. to have him. All right, uh, do the Bethesda Bagel ad. Yes, Bethesda Bagels, we love them. You will as well. Just go to BethesdaBagels.com for the location in the D.C. area nearest you, then pop on in, and you'll be thrilled. That's it for us today. Before we get to the mailbag, let me just say, and if you want to do the twist, the loopy Lou can put it down. If you Wawa Tusi, she's the best for miles around. She's my mashed potato baby, little Latin Lupe Lou. Nigel felt I wouldn't get that, but of course I did get that. Those were the Righteous Brothers when they were on the Shindig show, Little Latin Lupe Lou. Yes. Thanks to our guests today, Chuck Todd, Booger McFarlane. Thanks to our sponsors, Simply Safe and Liquid IV. Remember, you can listen to us on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Google Play, and Odyssey. If you get the show through Apple Podcasts, please leave us a review. Before you get to Mailbag, Chris, can you give us an update as to how to get the new newsletter? Oh, sure. Uh, just go to chrissaliza.substack.com. Thank you. And it's two great. L's and two Z's. There's a great Thanks, photo Michael. on the landing page. Yes, there is. It's a, It's actually, it's me from uh, Chuck Todd's own Meet the Press oh, back right? in the day. Yes, okay. I'm laughing uproariously. It also made its way onto a pillow that a TK uh, uh, listener sent me where it's that picture of me laughing and it says, just the worst on the bottom. <laughs> Which I have in my office. <laughs> From Scott Moffat in Richmond, Virginia. Uh, I've never had Talente, but I'm sure Saliza has. They probably give you a free quart with the purchase of a Tesla. <laughs> also, can you tell the Littles what red wine pairs well with haagen Belgian chocolate chip? I'll hang up and listen. He was on episode 77 of the Loyal Littles podcast. Have you had Talente? I've of never course. had Of course. Yes, it's delicious. I, like, I only good. buy pints of ice cream $5 and above. Oh, okay. <laughs> so Talente fits that bill nicely. <laughs> From Christian does. Barger in Kingwood, Texas. I was browsing the Johnny O website when a pop-up box asked me how I heard of the brand. One of the choices had your name labeling you as an influencer. Yep. Congratulations, Grandpa. <laughs> you finally made yes. it. Big time. I wish that you'd get me the lime pants in the winter. Stop making those lime pants. (laughs) From Kyle in London, England. Please let Stan Longhoffer and his wife know to try a pre-show dinner at Dish Room when they come through London this summer to see Bat Out of Hell. There's one just down the way on Carnaby Street. It's one of London's best Indian restaurants. They should be sure to make a reservation because it fills up quickly and the line to get in is long. Just a quick tip between littles. From Mark Schmidt, the boxer we had when I was in high school and college would sing along to a harmonica and later an accordion. We thought he was objecting to the sound, but he would actually run in from another room to sing along. From the Reverend Mark Schaefer, Chessie is not alone. Our our dog Benny, may he rest in peace, used to sing along all the time when Kara was rehearsing or teaching. As with Chessie, he had a remarkable ability to match the pitch of what Chessie was singing. Uh, When she sees... Astonishing. She... Yesterday when we were walking... She's aware of you, by the way. Okay. Yesterday when we were walking, (laughs) there was a siren. There was an ambulance, but she didn't see it. So she didn't sing along, even though she could hear it. So she has to see it. I think she has to see it. A visual singer. From Shane Gillespie. Shane writing from the Chicagoland area. And I have a couple of notes about my last dog, a big hound mix named Lenny. My wife and I both teach high school English, so Lenny was a nod to Of Mice and Men. First, the howl singing, certainly a thing. We used to love to stop during walks to allow Len to search for and sing to passing ambulances. The attached picture is Len at our old house atop the picnic table in the backyard, searching for an ambulance in the distance over the fence. Also, to touch on the what is your dog eating game, Lenny was a prodigious counter and table surfer, aided by his stature. But his greatest win was not a score from a table. It was, in fact, the time he opened our oven and removed a perfectly cooked chicken while my (laughs) wife and I were tending to our one-month-old daughter. We came downstairs to find a guilty-looking dog, open oven, and three-quarter-eaten chicken laying on our living room floor. Impressively enough, he was able to consume only the meat, successfully removing it from the bones. The chicken again? (laughs) Every night. 
Tim from Frederick, Maryland. If this is the new game, I'm all in. My retired Greyhound Smokey also <laughs> loved to sing along with sirens. When he first did it, I wonder if they hurt his ears. But a limited search on the Google machine said it doesn't appear so. No one is 100% sure why they do it, but it may be a remnant of their wolf heritage. Mm. From Andrew in Linwood, New Jersey. Linwood, New Jersey. Hmm. I just heard your bit about... My bit? I just heard your bit <laughs> He's about... He's doing a bit. Chess Jesse again. howling at ambulances and had to share this of my dog Brady, the greatest pup of all time, doing the same. He's a herder too, so maybe it's the breed. I've gotten to the point where if I make a similar sound at home, he will actually talk howl with me. Thank you for all the work you do. It truly brightens my day, as I'm sure it does for many other listeners. Linwood is where Ron and Elizabeth lived for a while before moving. Linwood. Uh, from Caleb Cutler. I can finally play a game. In my family, we have a miniature dachshund. Every birthday when singing happy birthday, he would sing along. And he would be on time and in pitch almost every time. He doesn't do it anymore in his old age as he's nearing 14. Sadly, he hasn't eaten anything crazy, so nothing crazy there. Can I be the official business administration student of the Tony Carter? Sure, you know. Well, that's a coveted well, we may, position. We may have that filled yeah, we're, already. Yeah, we're uh, from that. Gino Agnelli in Bedford, <laughs> Indiana. I am not impressed with Chessie singing, I will be impressed when she adds a Werewolves of London. <laughs> that would be the dog half territory. Yeah, Keep be. trying. Yeah. From Kevin King in the very stormy, he writes, Prunedale, California. My 100-pound pure black pound special named Drogo sings along with the family during birthday celebrations. We can't even get the second word of the happy birthday song without him raising his big head up and starting to sing. It is not really a bark and not really a howl, but something in between and always very exciting. The first time it happened, we were surprised, but now he is something like a cameo star with people getting a special <laughs> song that is sung by Drogo during their birthdays. You will also like the great deal my now fiance got when she adopted him several years ago. The animal shelter was having a big dog sale, and she adopted him for the super low price of $10. I think it's fair to say they did not know about his hidden singing talents when putting him up for adoption. From Mike Todd, not that Mike Todd, in Columbus, Ohio. I had a friend in high school, Greg, whose dog would sing along with the Steve Miller band, The Joker. Hmm. Every time it was played, the dog would only give this reaction <laughs> to this particular song. Hmm. There must be certain pitches that bring about this call and response action. Uh, Cindy McClaroy in Jackson, Georgia. Steve, our beloved black lab, would sing along with every passing ambulance. He would run out to the middle of the backyard, sit down, and join in with the siren chorus. This is, she does this. She gets in a particular spot. She either stands or sings. She does not move. Right. She does not move. It must be a primal thing. Yeah. It's, I think that I think the well, person, stage, the back to the wolf thing makes sense. Stage training, mostly. I From think. Sean Pliskina in Virginia Beach, Virginia, the siren that Chessie is responding to is likely the Q siren. It is a siren that starts low, then steadily gets louder until it peaks at over 120 decibels. In my former job as a firefighter, we would use it to make ourselves heard because regular sirens are sometimes hard to hear at a distance when people are in their cars. Ambulances have them as well, but police vehicles do not, which is why Chessie never responds to police sirens. My dog Ozzy does the same thing as Chessie and only howls or sings at the queue. We have the most brilliant emailers in the world. Yeah, no idea. In the world. That's amazing. It's it's wonderful. Info I didn't know I needed, and now I'm Googling it. It's fantastic. If you're out on your bike tonight, everyone, as always, do wear white. Okay, we wound up five and eleven. Not very good. good. Uh, but there was some worse than us. I guess that's one positive way to look at it. We weren't the worst team in the league. Five and eleven.
As you can feel it.